Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, the St. Louis Blues fall yet again, this time to the New York Islanders, 2-1. to one. In what could have been a much worse game, the Islanders had two goals waved off, uh, and the Blues really didn't turn it on until the last few minutes of the third period, so maybe starting to get a little worried there. And then we'll be answering the question, is Robert Thomas the number one center on the St. Louis Blues? All that and more, make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Don't shake your head at me. I'm stoked, dude. I'm excited for this episode. It's like 80 degrees out, feels like summertime. It's supposed to snow next weekend, so welcome to missouri but we got a nice haircut going the flow's all gone i'm getting ready for summer got the mustache coming in hot josh got the setup behind him we got a studio coming in on monday so the vibes are great besides the fact that the blues lost yeah vibes are great so as tommy said we are back for another edition of the lockdown blues podcast part of the lockdown podcast network and your number one source for daily blues content i'm josh hyman and i am joined by my much less hair having co-host I hope that makes That's a great sense. adjective. <laughs> Put that in Marion Webster right now. Well, Submit. we got a fun episode for you today. Uh, the Blues lost again to the Islanders this time, two to one. Could have been worse. A couple goals waved off. Uh, offense really just laid flat. Ton of blocked shots. Lots to get into. Um, and then we'll be answering the question Is Robert Thomas the number one center on the St. Louis Blues? Jeremy Rutherford recently talked about it in one of his athletic articles, so we're going to be sort of expanding upon that. But first, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there for making Locked On Blues your first listen, making us part of your daily routine, because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, Tommy, so the Blues, uh, unbeknownst to them, played a hockey game today. Um, and like I said, took them, took them a couple periods to really remember what they were there to do. Uh, came out flat real early on um gave up a goal quickly and it really felt like after that it, it just wasn't wasn't their day uh they got caught a, caught a break you know had another goal that would have put them down 2-0 that got waved off and then they had another goal that put them down 2-0 that counted and then they had a goal that would have put them down 3-0 that got waved off and then they scored a goal and then they almost scored another goal but didn't and lost that's pretty much how it went if you didn't watch the game ah uh, what are your takeaways? Are you you concerned, or are you more just accepted that this is the Blues team that we have for this season? I don't think either, honestly. I feel like I don't feel as bad about this loss as some losses in the past, obviously. Um, and I don't think it's because I thought the Blues played well. I think it's more so that I I thought the the Islanders had a really good game plan coming in against the St. Louis Blues, and they matched up against them well because. You're a Barry Trotz team. Your number one priority identity for your team is going to be your defense and blocking shots. And I mean, that's why the Islanders were so successful uh, when they were a playoff team. We don't know. The jury's still out on whether they'll be a playoff team this season, but it's not looking good. They got to make up a lot of rounds. So, um, yeah, I, I think a Barry Trotz team that's so defensively oriented, I mean, I think they ended up with 24, 23 or 24 blocked shots at the Blues' chances. And the Blues still ended up with 28 shots on goal. So, I mean, 60 attempts total and like half of those are blocked on their way to the net. And for a Blues team, I feel like in in years past, in similar fashion, the Blues have prided themselves. Like we talked about on this podcast 
the last couple of weeks or so, the Blues have been a de- defensive-oriented team, and it's just not the case anymore. The depth, the talent that they have on the offensive side of the puck uh, has been their meat and potatoes and has been uh, what has helped them excel this season and put them into a playoff position. Billy Huso's play... Uh, just absolutely knocking it out of the park as goalie has helped them as well. And Jordan Bennington in the first half of the season when he was the um, undisputed starter for Team Canada has helped them as well too. But uh, we talked a couple episodes about you really it comes down to three phases of the games, goaltending, defense, and offense. And for the Blues, you got to come away with two out of three ideally to come away with a victory for any team in the, in the NHL. And so for the Blues... When their offense is stifled, to try to make up that ground in terms of goaltending when Jordan Bennington is in the net and he only really had a two-game sample size of him officially being back. Um, and Vili Huso at times too. Like, I mean, that Rangers game, like, it, he's just getting shelled the whole game and he's doing everything that he can do. But, like, so I... At, out of those, out of the, the two of the three, if you've got the offense that's just kind of shut down, which is exactly which is exactly what the Islanders did and was exactly what Barry Trotz's game plan was, it's going to be very difficult for the Blues to hang with anybody trying to like be steamrolled by their defense and by their goaltending when you've got guys like Shesterkin and other guys, other goalies playing at the top of their game and just absolutely out of their mind. So I think um, that's. One of the reasons that I'm not too pressed about this game is that we have that clarity now. It's like, okay, this team is going to go as far as their offense takes them, which we kind of guessed, but this is the first prime example of, hey, that should kind of open the eyes for Blues fans. So that was that was my biggest takeaways there. Are you, are you worried that that's a bit of a glass cannon approach, though, in essence? You know, like, yeah, they got a real powerful offense, but in a league where the playoffs really come down to defense and, and stifling opponents when the way to stop you as a team is just shut down their offense, which is every single playoff team's approach is to shut down their opponent's offense. That's how it gets. You know, you get seven games. You're not just coming in after playing, you know, a back-to-back. You're studying film. You're, you're learning how a team plays. So kind of how the Blues were able to s- stop any team in seven games uh, in their Stanley Cup run. You know, no team could play seven games against them. Are you worried that it, the reverse might be true that the Blues won't be able to hang in a seven-game series because two, three games in, once the opponent figures out how to shut down this Blues offense, they're not going to be winning games two to one, one nothing, three to two. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about that. That is true, and the Blues have also had, I mean, a, a I feel like a plethora of injuries this season, and uh, there was <clears throat> there was a tweet from I forget who it was from, but Carlo Koliakovo, uh shared that. Luke Shen said on a radio host that Braden Shen had been playing this season with cracked ribs, and then when he went up against his brother, gave him a whack after a whistle and just didn't even think about it, re-cracked his ribs before the playoffs, or not before the playoffs, before the All-Star game, yeah, before the All-Star break, so we know that Braden Shen hasn't been 100%, we know that David Perron was playing through some stuff and wasn't 100%, he was sick for this game, so hopefully he'll be back, uh, because he was getting traction at the right time, but... Oscar Sundquist couldn't fully extend his leg and missed a game due to that with the ACL tear and the scar tissue with all that stuff. So, I mean, those are big, those are big pieces to this team. And like, Sonny is a huge, like, maybe he doesn't bring it in terms of like offensive production and like putting pucks in the back of the net, but he's a huge identity piece and defense too. And like, that's one of the main parts of this team that is struggling. And he's a glue guy, exactly. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see because 
like you said, the Blues are always pride themselves on being a tough team to face in a seven-game series. And so the way that they're structured right now, it's I'm not going to come out here and say that that's absolutely not the case with this team. I think they still have that mentality and know that they're going to go out there and be pl- tough to play against anybody. But it's just kind of the endurance and longevity of the thing. It's kind of the jury's still out on it, I guess. When we come back, I do actually want to get a little bit more into that Luke and Braden Shen thing. I forgot about that, but I think we could spend a little bit of time talking about it because personally, I thought it was really weird. You know, players try to keep the injuries under wraps, especially if they're playing through them so they don't get targeted. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about Robert Thomas and, you know, him being maybe the brightest spot of the game today and of the last few weeks of play. And then at the end of today's episode, we're going to be previewing tomorrow's matchup against the New Jersey Devils, a team that's given the Blues a little bit of trouble this season, surprisingly. So, lots to talk about in the rest of this episode, but first, I want to thank our good friends over at Built Bar. Tommy, have you heard about Built Puffs? I have occasionally. They're like, oh, dude, it's just like straight marshmallow in your mouth, and it's got protein, it's good for you. Like, if you're trying to get swole, oh, great alternative to protein chalky protein bars three words that you wouldn't assume they go together but they do and they do miraculously i got them ready protein infused marshmallow yeah you heard me right they're fluffy they're marshmallowy they're not just a protein bar they're a treat and they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie so good these are your going to be your new favorites all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that includes the Puffs 100% real chocolate, and they're good for you. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and for this month, month white chocolate cookies and cream. They are Josh, all delicious. Ooh, let what? me ask you something. Off the top of your dome, can you name a single bad puff? No. We got cocoa puffs, we got corn puffs, we got puff daddy. I don't I mean that's a solid three right there. We're going holy trinity of go puffs. puff. You could when yeah, you absolutely. You could add built puffs right to the built mix of puffs? that and you'd still got a great Mount Rushmore. There you go. And at Built Bar, they're all about the taste. First priority, always making it taste delicious, and then that painstaking task of figuring out how to make it healthy, they take care of that second. And I don't know how they literally pull it off every time steph curry from the free throw line they don't miss go to built.com use promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and we'll be right back all right tommy so i i saw that tweet that you were talking about um with luke shan basically coming out and, and praising his brother Braden, being like oh yeah he's a warrior he's playing through cracked ribs whatever and at first i was like oh yeah wow that's impressive but then my second thought was like wait a minute that's kind of dumb, you know. I I feel like not not like not to say like oh you idiot Luke Shen or Braden Shen, but like I feel like in the past, you know, we get we get done with these playoff series and we hear oh yep, and Braden Shen was playing with a cracked rib, a separated shoulder, a, a, a chipped toenail, and torn and, labrum. And, yep, yep, exactly. Clean. Yeah, because in a league like the NHL where it's so physical, if you know that number ten on St. Louis. As dealing with cracked ribs, maybe you're giving them a little extra when you're going into the corners or you're, you're you know, like you're, you're spending a little bit extra energy to, to get your shoulder down into his chest. That's just the nature of the game. And, and to me, it was concerning to see that injury publicized because like, 
I feel like that's the sort of thing you keep under wraps. Maybe maybe I'm just overreacting, but it was definitely a shock to me to see an injury that severe made public at such a crucial point in the season. Well, I will also say that from the way that Braden Chen has been playing, like obviously, I mean, seems like it's not bothering broken ribs. I can't imagine that he's like one going out there and playing with broken ribs still and just kind of not like he's completely flipped a 180 with his game because he always brings like an element of leadership and physicality and like that's never going to stray away from his game but he's definitely been more offensively productive uh since the all-star break and it's kind of gone on a hot streak so uh I get what you're saying but I think also that like one if it was still bothering him we would know or at least be able to tell and two if it was still bothering him that I think his brother would know and would be smart enough to like maybe not leak it to the media so i, I that make that leads me to believe that Braden Chen is like not that he's 100% but i think he's closer to 100% than he was when uh Luke Shen was swinging his stick at him and cracking his brother's ribs can we talk about that too cuz like i i love my brothers but we fight all the time i was going to say i feel like that's something like that would happen when you're playing like mini sticks oh, you know dude, yeah when everyone's having fun and you, you you swing your stick a little too hard, someone gets hit in the face and everyone like stops and goes quiet. Like, That's oh, when you God. do the wait. Don't, don't tell. Sorry, don't sorry. tell mom. Yeah, I'm, don't, don't cry. Don't cry. Here, you're a strong boy, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll let you up. hit me too. Bite Just don't lip. tell yeah. mom. Yeah. 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 Well, one for one trade. We're good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. But I, that's that's literally like the first thing that went to my mind was like, oh, I'd, I'd like I'd growing up, I'd play sports against my brothers all the time, and like, you know, you're always gonna go harder on them because it's like family competition, right? And I oh think, yeah. Uh, there was a play. A little with, extra pride. Everyone's always about that with Brady and Matthew Kachuk about, oh, when are you going to fight? And his parents are like, they're not going to fight. But there was that one game where they came. I think the closest they came was they were both battling in front of the net. And I think uh, Matthew gave Brady a cross check in front of him. And Brady just like closed his eyes, swung around and like swung his stick at him, didn't know who was behind him. And it was his brother and got him right in the nuts. And they just both like kind of looked at each other, and then they just like, okay, we're good, <laughs> you know, like, okay, one for one, that's even, and then we're just gonna call it there. Because I, I think anybody else on the ice, both of them would have dropped right there and gone at it. But if it's the Kachuk brothers, you know, at the end of the day, you're always gonna have your brothers back. All right, we'll tell you what, Tommy. We do got two topics left on today's episode, and that is Robert Thomas. I like this and one. the new and and the New Jersey Devils game. So I think in this third segment that's coming up, we're gonna tie, kind of tie them together and say. What can Robert Thomas bring to a Blues team that's struggling a little bit to get a win tomorrow in New Jersey? So we'll be talking about both him and the upcoming game tomorrow. But first, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Bet Online. If you think Robert Thomas is going to continue his hot stretch, put your money where your mouth is at BetOnline.net. Now, football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. March Madness right around the corner. What better time to start placing some bets? From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts, and we'll be right back. All right, Tommy. So we got about five, ten minutes left in today's episode, which I think is the easy, perfect amount of time to sort of have a, a, a two-parter, a two-pronged segment, if you will. First prong, Robert Thomas. He's a guy that 
has been really strong for the Blues this year, um, but kind of was a little bit of a subject of criticism in the best way possible in the sense that, you know, we were kind of yelling at him to shoot a little bit more. He had, I think, like only two goals to his name up until a few weeks ago. Uh, really was just a pass-first guy and had a ton, a ton, a ton of assists and was playing really well. And now all of a sudden, uh, right around that all-star break-ish area, he kind of developed another level to his game and he started you know, scoring some goals. He's up to eight goals now, which doesn't seem like a lot. But when you consider, you know, he was sitting at two goals for a majority of the season. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I would assume he's gotten those last six goals over his last 15, 20 or so games. So he's scoring at the the highest rate he has in his career. Um, and he's also pu- putting up points at the highest rate he has in his career. And that uh, and that begs the question, with a defensive specialist like Ryan O'Reilly, who kind of plays a bit more matchup base, so Ryan O'Reilly is the true number one center, but with a guy that, as good as Ryan O'Reilly is, he's a defensive specialist, so he's not just the guy you're putting out as your first line every single time, that's more of a matchup based game that Ryan O'Reilly plays, which again, this is not, this is not a, a segment to criticize Ryan O'Reilly, it's have the blues kind of found this this little little diamond in the rough in the sense that robert thomas who a guy that they expected to maybe just be sort of like a top six guy this year has emerged as a capable number one center when ryan o'reilly is locked down facing guys like nathan mckinnon or you know a stacked calgary flames offense when ryan o'reilly is being asked to do so much defensively that you can't really lean on him being your number one uh, center in games like that robert thomas has stepped up into that role would you agree i would absolutely agree and i think the blues drafted robert thomas because they saw the potential and like coming up the ranks is like in the prospect system it was always like robert thomas is the real deal and robert thomas has the ability to be an elite centerman in the nhl one one day and there was talk about jordan Cairo with that too and i feel like that was like some of the most type i've seen in recent years uh for the st louis blues prospects and so now like you said i don't think anyone including the blues uh saw his emergence coming so soon right but but he's here and the play that we're seeing i mean like i said realistically he's been top three player on the ice in every single game since the all-star break if not the best player on the ice for the st louis blues so to see him come into his own we talk about it being a confidence thing a lot but i feel like robert thomas has always played with confidence but uh I I think he's been comfortable passing the puck and he's starting to get comfortable shooting the puck as well and going to the to the to the dirty areas of the ice as well as um being a lethal weapon for the St. Louis Blues in the slot and in the corners too with his nasty button hook and uh, skating ability and and even this game I mean we saw him dangle guys and make it look effortless the way that Jordan Cairo does so um I think the emergence of Robert Thomas this season and we talk about a number 1 center you're talking about matchups. The one thing that I want a, a number one center to do for a team that I have is provide offensively, right? I mean, if you've got scoring guys on your wings, on your top unit, like in a normal season, it'd be like Vladimir Tarasenko and like Jordan Kyra and guys like that that are just going to get you the most amount of points. Obviously, this team is deep and they don't really have a number one line or a top line. So it's a different kind of scenario, but if you've got a guy on that first line that can give you points uh being a playmaker and scoring goals that's ideal and for the St. Louis Blues uh Robert Thomas currently has 6 more points 
on the season than Ryan O'Reilly does. And so I think what Ryan O'Reilly brings to you defensively is about as evergreen as you can get in the NHL. I mean, that's not really going to go away with age. So when it comes to 2023 and the question arises whether you extend uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I think you try to get something before he reaches free agency and try to lock him up for three, four years. And worst case scenario, he's still not providing that offensive potential or, or at least to the, the the degree that Robert Thomas is. But he can be like a solid third line center until he's like, I mean, I don't know, 36, 37 years old. The guy's as talented as they come and he's he's a workhorse uh, in the weight room as well. And he's, his, I mean, his training regimen is insane. So I don't think... Uh, it's nearly the same, like changing of a guard as to where like Ryan O'Reilly's out, Robert Thomas is the new number one center. But I think in terms of offensive production, I think Ro- Robert Thomas is slowly rising past him. Not slowly, meteoric rise past Ryan O'Reilly. And Ryan O'Reilly can still be crucial to the success of this team, and he's still going to bring it offensively. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's tapped into everything that he's capable of offensively. So he could obviously bounce back and. Uh, still contribute and go past Robert Thomas this season and even in seasons in the future. But with the youth behind him and the, like I said, the production and the development that we've seen Robert Thomas have in the short amount of time that we've seen it. Uh, I, 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 I don't know if there's a ceiling for this guy. He could be like top 10 centers in the league by the time that he's 25 years old. Damn. Hot takes. Hot take I'm just master. saying, I, Yeah, no, but you're, you're totally right. You're totally right because I think it was so unexpected this season. And putting up 34 assists in, what did I say, 48 games, something like that. Um, somewhere around there. So he's like kind of close to assists per game, which is crazy. And, and you know, the, the goal production wasn't there at the beginning of the season. And then post-All-Star break, he's scoring at a, at a bit of a higher rate. So, you know, if all of a sudden Robert Thomas is, is putting up a couple goals along with those assists, he's looking at a 100-point season. You know, it, it, it could be something that we see in, in the future if he continues to, to grow in his production. That being said, the Blues do have a kind of a tough matchup for, for their standards um, tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, kind of continuing this this New York uh, gauntlet per se that they're going through, uh, and and you know it's a team that's giving them a little bit of trouble. Uh, you know, I, like you mentioned last time they played, they were without Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton, both of which will be back in the lineup tomorrow afternoon. Another matinee game, which the Blues have seemed to have trouble with, and another back to back, which the Blues have seemed to have trouble with. Really seems like the the odds are stacked against the Blues for tomorrow night's game. So kind of starting with Robert Thomas, what what do the Blues need to do to come away with a victory tomorrow? Hopefully the offense shows up. And I think going back to what we said earlier, that's going to be the Blues bread and butter this entire season. And luckily for them, like we talked about, the New Jersey Devils have not had the best season. They're kind of rebuilding and kind of seeing where they're at from an organization perspective. So for the Blues, it's just going out and taking care of business and avoiding shin pads at all costs. You don't want to get your shots blocked and then have an odd man rush going the other way. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is back 
for the New Jersey Devils. We did not see him the last time that we played. Uh, Jack Hughes will be back as well. And the Blues lost the last time that they played them without those two guys. So it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And I don't, I don't think the Blues played as well as they did in the last game. So I'm hoping that uh, gives them a little bit of extra ammunition to come in and kind of assert their dominance against a team that talent-wise is not even close to the scope of uh, what the Blues are capable of. So I'm expecting Vili Husso to get the start because it's a back-to-back, obviously. Uh, he's been more consistent this season than Jordan Bennington has. Not to say that the game against the Islanders was Bennington's fault by any stretch of the imagination, but he probably wants that first goal back. And that's, I mean, if you got a guy that lets up one kind of uh, rough goal a game, like that's not a problem. And with the Blues defense, it can potentially be a problem, but they just have to play better. So... All those things combined, Vili Husso and Net, the Blues, uh, kind of having a revenge game against the Devils for what occurred last time. And then the offense hopefully going out motivated, making sure that uh, they don't end up getting shut out or at least shut out for f- like the first 57 minutes of the game. So I'm hoping for a Blues victory. I'm going to go with a 4-1 to victory over the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, I hope you're right. I mean, it's definitely been a common trend the last two games where the Blues have had an offensive push for literally just a few minutes, and it's been enough to keep them in the game. But then, you know, 95% of the game, they've been quiet, they've been dormant, and that's not a recipe for success against any team. So yeah, I I think you hit the necessary points. Uh, It's going to be a big test for the Blues. You know, they're on the road, an area where they've struggled pretty pretty significantly this year, uh, and they're amidst a, a tough stretch of games for sure, losing their last two against both New York teams and it's going to be tough, but I'm optimistic. I think, um, especially, you know, with a back-to-back uh, and, and the pressure being on them, I think the Blues will kind of step up to the task, and they aren't just going to fold. Um, but, yeah, big test, and I'm looking forward to to watching it and covering it for you guys on Monday. Tommy, Who's your locked-on you player of the game? If you had to pick one. Off the dome. Five. Booch. Four. Booch? Booch. Yeah, uh-huh. I, think he's, I, I think he's... I think he's pissed that he didn't score in the Rangers game, and he's even more pissed that the game didn't, today didn't go his way because it was getting chippy, and you know how he loves to get chippy. So I'm going to go a similar route with you. And, uh, yeah, I think Booch plays with a lot of emotion, and we saw it against the Islanders. I think another guy that plays with a lot of emotion that uh, has kind of been quiet since the All-Star break but hasn't been quiet all season long, and that's Ivan Barbashev. And I think he I was, like that. I, had, I think he was to the point where he had steam coming out of his ears against the Islanders, and I think he's going to take it out on New Jersey Devils. Yeah, yeah, should be fun. But that being said, that is all the time we have for you guys today. Next time you see us, things will be looking a little bit different. Uh, if you missed yesterday or last episode on my solo, I talked about it a little bit, but uh, we're getting the studio. I'm still going to be here. Same setup for me, but Tommy, on the other hand, is not. Uh, but it doesn't mean it's, that's the only thing, you know, new editing, new quality of the audio and the video, a lot, lot of changes coming your way. More We're really clips. excited about that. More clips, better social media presence, lots, lots of stuff. So let's hope that our inaugural studio episode is a recap of a W. If not, though, we'll still have a good time. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Leave us a review if you're feeling so kind. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel at Locked On Blues and hit that notification bell. That way, whenever we upload a new episode, you'll be the first to know. Follow us on all of our socials at Locked On Blues on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go, Blues.